Hello everyone, welcome to a, a, well, it's a different We Need to Talk About Movies podcast tonight. It might sound a little bit different, we're recording for a different device because we are sat in the same room. We're in the same room. Yeah, usually we've done this remotely and um, then I edit it together at the end, two different tracks, which has worked out really well. This is going to be a little bit different, so I apologise if the quality isn't as good, but it's what we're doing. And you can probably hear the bloody tumble dryer <laughs> washing machine in the background. That will stop in a minute. When we're doing this remotely, are you normally this animated in your facial expressions and your hands when you talk? Probably, yeah. I am quite animated. That's, I've got to be honest, it's quite distracting. <laughs> <laughs> but turn around, put your back to us. So. Well, tonight, me and Nath, we thought we'd get together. We're going to have a, a good old knees up. We've got some rum in. We've got some coke. <laughs> a cola <Yeah. laughs> Coca-Cola to have with the rum we've got some rum and coke and um, we're going to watch a film so this is out of sync now because we uh, it should be Nathan's choice but he didn't get my text to bring his film along so until he got here which is no good to anyone the terrifying thing is that I'm staring at a wall a wall of DVDs and um, I kind of think if it's worth watching that you would probably would have owned it yeah probably probably actually but so Nate's choice is going to be next week so this is going to be our odd choice which was going to be week four so Nate's is week f- no hang on so Oh, this is the time lapse thing again. Isn't it? <laughs> well, no, it's sort of. We, I chose the Joker. Then Nath was going to choose a film, but this is going to be instead of that, which is going to be our obscure film. It's not a bad film, but Rubber is an obscure film. So that's what we're going to do here. It's slightly different because we're not going to be reading any of your messages or anything. We're just going to get on with it. What we're going to do? We're going to watch the film and then come back and discuss it. So, Nath, you've not seen Rubber before. No. No, Rubber is uh, the, well, it says on the cover, the best killer tyre movie you will ever see. And uh, the cover is a nice picture of a, a tyre leave, being chased by police with uh, what? a tra- trail of bodies behind it. A trail of bodies it. behind and it. it's covered in blood and leaving a trail of blood yeah. behind it. So it's intriguing, <laughs> to say the least, isn't it? You know, it because you think, how could, how could a tyre possibly... Be a killer tyre. Yeah. And cause well, that you much will find out in a minute. So this is a film by Quentin Dupieux. Dupieux? Dupieux? Also known as Mr. Wazzo. Right. Do you know Mr. Wazzo? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so this is his first film. I don't know if he's made other films. I haven't seen any, I don't think. But Not entirely He might have sure. made his second film, actually. After this, they would have... You haven't seen this film, honestly. I've watched it a few times. It's not a. It's just a great film, just different. So, deep within the... I'll read the back of the cover, OK? Deep within the desolate landscape of the Californian desert, a dangerous killer roams the land looking for victims... I won't read it, actually, because it's going to ruin the film for Nafe. Maybe we'll read it at the end. I'm just going to put the film on for Nafe. And, uh, yeah, we'll let you know afterwards what we think about it, won't we? Yes, we will. And hopefully by then we'll be a little bit more drunk and it might be a (laughs) completely different kind of podcast. 
we feel we might have peaked with the last <coughs> podcast, so now we're trying to find new and experimental ways of making this funnier. Oh, what are you on about? The Supergirl. <laughs> the Supergirl. Oh, that wasn't the last podcast, no. was it? The no. Joker was. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm never going to get my head around it. <laughs> but it was the last podcast that went live, so... At yeah. this point that we're recording this, which isn't a Tuesday night for a change, usually when we film, but this is a Saturday night. Yeah. Yesterday, Supergirl went live, didn't it? Yes, it did. Next Friday, the Joker, the Joker goes live. These people would have heard that by now, hopefully. Hopefully, fingers <laughs> crossed. But no, anyway, so this is rubber. So You never know. Uh, we might have a whole string of new people that sort of Googled, what is the best killer tie movie that I can watch <laughs> yeah and they might have found the podcast by doing that they might well have done oh good just as we were wrapping up the uh, washing machine's finishing in the background <laughs> yeah, but that can you edit that out in Vegas no no not that oh but um yeah time is of the essence we're going to watch a film and then we come back and we'll have a good old Good old fucking yarn about them. Do some fucking telling, won't us, bud? Just be telling all about it. <laughs> we'll see you all soon. Cheese. Cheese. All right, then, Nath. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we've watched... Um, sorry, so, yeah, come out loud. Go. So, we've spent... How long was the film? Wasn't that long, was it? Hour and 20 long. minutes? Yeah, 79 minutes. 79 minutes. It was long enough. An interesting <laughs> seventy-nine minutes. Let's be honest. Yeah, I thought you might find that interesting. It's um, yeah, unlike any other film you've ever seen, probably is it? I can't imagine. I mean, let's be fair. If none of you have ever heard of the film or seen the film, when you see the cover, it quite hilariously claims the best killer tyre movie you'll ever see. And, you know, obviously the joke is that you've probably never seen a, another killer tyre movie, but... And you probably never will. <laughs> no, but I would hasten... I, you know, I would probably go as far as to say that if someone decided that they were going to try and make another killer tyre movie, it probably wouldn't be as good. <laughs> no. Oh, it... It would be, it'd have to be completely in a different vein, wouldn't it? Because it's, it's just fucking off the wall, isn't it, this film? Yeah, but the brilliant thing about it is when the... In the opening sequence, which is never explained for any reason, the opening monologue from the first character you meet... Well, not the first character you meet, but from one of the first characters you meet, sort of completely disarms you from being able to ask any questions about anything <laughs> it does yeah so it's well I'll read the back because I, I said that I'd read it through I didn't want to ruin it for Nath but now we're going to spoil this film anyway so if you've seen it then great you'll tag along with us if you want to just listen to us talk about this random film then we are going to spoil it uh, if you want to go and try and find it, I'll try and find a link. Have a look in the description below. There might be a link there somewhere. But I, I just picked this up on DVD the other week. It was a film that I remembered. And I thought, oh, I need to find it. Found it. 
and did watching you, it. Did you find it in a charity shop or did you hunt No, I, I just went online, looked it up and found it. So the back says, um, Deep within the desolate landscape of the Californian desert, a dangerous killer roams the land looking for victims. With his terrifying psychic abilities, he leaves a blood-soaked trail of chaos and death. No one is safe from the destructive, horrifying powers that he possesses as he continues on his brain-splattering journey of exploding heads and dismembered body parts. However, this is no ordinary psychopath. His name is Robert, and he just so happens to be a rubber tyre. <laughs> I think the backs of DVD covers just ruined things, didn't it? Because I didn't read any of that to you before. No. And I mean, that Robert is the punchline, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, it doesn't need to be. Um... But I think it even says it in the trailer. This is Robert. It's like sort of a whistling, sort of happy tune, and you see this rubber ty- this tire rolling down the thing, and it's like, this is Robert, and uh... he's got a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> he's got a problem with society. I mean, when you first. Uh, oh, I, don't, I wouldn't even know where to begin with any of it right <laughs> the the first thought that springs to mind that sticks in my head is um, when we first meet Robert he's half buried in the sand right so you think that this he's not always been Robert no at one point he was and up until the moment you see him he is just a run of the mill tyre but when you see him, the struggle of him trying to get out from being half buried in the sand, it just reminded me of a sea turtle, sort of how the laborious and slow and painful the task of them digging their nest and then sort of covering their eggs up is. Yeah. And that sort of sprung to mind. And it's like when he first comes about, he's sort of trying to... It's like he's just an entity that's just come into this tyre isn't it yeah yeah and he's trying to work out how to operate yeah himself keeps falling over like a newborn baby yeah like a newborn so he, he thorn he picks or himself up and then he rolls and he falls then he rolls and then he falls um, obviously you know any dissection we're doing of this film any an analysis is it's all pointless because it's like <laughs> the openly monologue says you know yeah um, the police like basically, yeah, we've jumped ahead as we always do, but you see the opening scene is um, a car pulls up and a policeman gets out of the boot, and then his mate hands him a, a glass of water. Yeah, but not after they've snaked down a road <laughs> and knocked over about fifteen chairs. In what must have been a really well-planned sequence to film, because <laughs> it's not easy to do what they've done. And he was only just nudging the chairs. Yeah. But anyway... And then they'd all collapse. So there's like these chairs just scattered down the road. Um, and there's a bloke in a suit with a bicycle and... Yeah, like 15 Lo- pairs of yeah, binoculars. Yeah, loads of binoculars. And then there's loads of chairs all down the road. And then this car comes along and knocks every chair slowly over. And then out of the car comes a policeman and he gives this speech about... Um, he asks why uh, E.T. in the film E.T. Why the alien in the film E.T. is brown. Yeah, that's right. And then he says, no reason. 
and then he says, uh, what was the next one? Oh, and then he says about love story. Why did the, the couple in love story fall in, in love? No reason. And he says, this film is homage, homage to no reason. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> but th- this is the thing that I don't get, because initially you think he's talking to you, the viewer, but then when it pans out, you realise there's another selection of viewers yeah, there that are watching, and you think, oh, that's, that's who the binoculars are for. Yeah, and that's who he's talking to. So then you think that that's not addressed to you, the viewer. That's addressed to them, the viewers. But still, at the same time, it felt so personal when he told you that you feel like, and it's really clever how it works because I honestly feel like I can't ask any question. Do you know what this would this would have been perfect to have that very monologue. Right in the start, Supergirl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Capone. But, <laughs> but that, either one, it would have worked. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Supergirl. No reason. You know, maybe if, uh, yeah, if Supergirl had been exactly as it was, but it was written and directed by uh, Quentin Dupier, or du- Dupieu, Mr. Wazo. You'd probably have accepted it. Yeah. <laughs> and it'd pro- you'd probably uh, rate it a lot more than <laughs> than we had. But, um, yeah, so then basically the spectators, they get they're given the binoculars and they're there to watch the film. Uh, but they're watching it sort of live action. They're not watching a screen. They're yeah. stood in the middle of a desert. Everything takes place in this desert, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And... They're sort of like, oh, I can't see anything. And looking around, trying to spot something. And then the little boy says, well, this is boring already. <laughs> and it's all really slow paced, isn't it? The first sort of act. Yeah. Everything happens slowly. But it looks really stylish, doesn't it? Some yeah, really nice yeah, shots yeah. And- the, the, the low... Sort of anyone, anyone that sort of takes uh, an interest in photography will know about the golden hour and there's a lot of golden hour shots isn't there you know what yeah. I mean where the sun's real low and you're getting that lens flare and you're getting those long shadows and you're getting that nice warm side light the lighting in this was brilliant a lot of the shots like you say a lot especially um, just the tyre rolling you know what I mean some real nice sort of cinematic shots in there yeah. Like, that really sort of catch your eye like you know what I mean a lot of focus shift a lot of yeah that's right and it's a lot of real tight close ups of the tyre and that isn't it and then yeah. everything in the background is really obscure and blurred and then it will swap from so the background's focused or the road is focused and the tyre's out of yeah shot, a lot of narrow of, yeah. depth of field yeah um, yeah and these shots are it's really clever as well how they've rolled the tyre because like they must have some sort of mechanism in there, in the base of it that just rolls yeah, yeah, to keep to the tire rolling. Going. It's clever. It's clever. It's dumb. But the thing is, is like when when you when you're first introduced because the you know the viewers are all looking in and eventually they see this scrapyard and then then they see this uh, this tire that this entity sort of goes into and brings to life. And not you that see, you see an entity you just see a no, tyre come to life that's right? it but you've got to assume it's some form of entity <laughs> takes control of the tyre and then um, the way they move the tyre like a puppet but 
without it being a puppet because it's still just a tire. It's just like, a tire. <laughs> when, when literally, when it comes up to the, it comes up to that first plastic bottle, and then the way they got it to stop just before the bottle, and then lean that little bit more forward as if it's looking down at the bottle, <laughs> and then to slightly move to the right, just ever so slightly move to the left or right as if it's reading what's written on the bottle. Oh, it's it's examining just, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's just, contemplating things, isn't it? It's yeah, really yeah. clever. And then, yeah, so it tests. This is a plastic bottle, and it just sort of rolls onto it and just crum- crumples it a little bit, and you just hear that crumpling sound, and then it rolls over it. It's sort of getting a taste for destruction as it's going, isn't it? It finds... Does it, get, it gets the scorpion next, doesn't it? And just yeah. rolls over the scorpion. And then it comes up to a glass bottle, which it cannot break. And this is where you realise... Or this is where the Robert realises his true power yeah which is psychokinetic <laughs> telekinesis and <It's> telekinesis Kyle <laughs> so he just sort of vibrates a bit focuses on this bottle and then uh, smashes it with his mind and everyone watching all the spectators are like whoa he just blew that bottle up with his mind it's a really weird concept just to have us it's really meta isn't it just having us watching other people watching a film that some of the cast in the film are aware it's a film <laughs> like the main police guy who's given the speech when he's called into the film later on he's aware it's a film and it's quite interesting because Robert will roll on and sort of start killing people off one of the people he kills is like a cleaner at this this motel when they're interviewing the policeman's interviewing the motel manager and then his alarm goes off yeah on his watch yeah and he's like oh it's six hours this is all over now because at this point they've poisoned the spectators yeah (laughs) and that scene as well was just revolting like of all like so if you watch this film right you're going to see a lot of people's heads explode which is fine we've all seen a bit of gore right but I genuinely found the most disgusting scene in the film is when uh, the little bespectacled guy, who is some sort of henchman, you don't really ever find out what's going on or what it's about, but basically he's been instructed to do something. You don't know what it is, and then you just see him in a room with a turkey and some knives that he's sharpening, and you hear the turkey, it goes off screen, and you hear the, yeah, you hear the turkey gobble, and then you don't really see much of it. Anyway, the next day he turns back up at the spectators, and this is the guy that originally gave him the binoculars. And um, he just dumps this roast turkey. Yeah, he tips it out of a sack. Yeah, straight into the sand. And by this point, they've been there for two days with no food or water watching this this spectacle. And then they just start like a pack of wolves gnawing and hacking into this turkey. And it was literally, it made me feel a little (laughs) bit ill in my mouth. And I was just like, what? And that to me was genuinely the most disgusting scene in the film. (laughs) It was pretty weird pretty gross isn't it they're all like savages and it's shot really like obscure low angles and it's just focusing on the turkey being ripped from one pair of hands to another and chunks of it just coming off and people using both hands to gorge on it yeah and and there's always like this (laughs) ripped disfigured carcass in the middle of the shot isn't it like you can't get away from it no it's pretty pretty it is a (laughs) pretty gross savage scene it's strange as hell um, 
but yeah, that turkey turned out it was poison. All these people start hunching over, and they're all like, "So," and then they all die off, except for one bloke in a wheelchair who's like, "I'm not eating it." Like, yeah, and, it's almost uh, like he knew. And yeah. then you start to suspect at that. Well, I started to suspect at that point that he was part of the bigger plot. Yeah, yeah, you do. You think, what's he? You know, what's he doing here? Um. So then everyone else dies. And then the policeman's like interviewing the, the chap at the motel and he's like, so, you know, how did you know the girl and was she a good worker? And, and his alarm goes off and he goes, it's okay, you can go home now. He's like, what? Goes, this is all over, it's finished. They've the turkey by now. It's all done. Yeah, we've poisoned the viewers. And then he goes to the policeman, all the other police force <laughs> come on you can all go home and they're like what do you mean there's a dead body here no 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 it's not real have a look at the corpse and then, and then or he gets them to sh- go on t- shoot me like <laughs> they're shooting him he's like see it doesn't hurt it's not nothing is real and there's this big like prolonged scene of him trying to explain it's not real and he's ripping off his prop like uh, armband oh, yeah yeah armband um, sheriff badge velcro sheriff's badge isn't it and they're shooting him and he's got all these bullet holes in him and uh, then he's asking them to examine the corpse and they're all like baffled they're like well, this, of course this is real this is a, we're cops and- <laughs> of course this is a film you've got a cuddly alligator under your arm <laughs> yeah, one of the cops says yes yeah, so cuddly alligator under his arm um, but then uh, the guy with the spectacles and the suit uh, comes sort of shiftily into shot and whispers into the policeman's ear uh, one, one spectator's still alive and he's like oh shit like, so then he walks off and goes back over to the chap he's been interviewing and just picks up from where he left the interview yeah, off yeah he's, <laughs> he's like he's covered in blood and bullet holes and maybe was like oh you're bleeding and it's just like uh oh, oh don't worry about that now where were we and he just starts asking his questions asking his questions again it's really weird it remind, that is like the scene in um the man who wasn't there back along do you remember and there's that scene there where he brings his wife home from the party and she's drunk and he lays her on the bed and he's describing how they met and then the phone rings and it's Big Dave calls him over yeah. and then he goes over to Big Dave and he they have a meeting and then they have an altercation and then he kills Big Dave and then he goes home and he sits back on the side of the bed and just carries on that monologue from exactly the point he left it I just but after like a 10 minute sequence in between it's just yeah, great yeah. and that's what this was like it's just just steps back into the film but he's begrudgingly doing so isn't he yeah 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 <laughs> and, and then like all of a sudden in, like in the background of this shot the tyre was completely lifeless just left on its side wasn't it and then all of a sudden it gets up again and then the bloke that's being interviewed his head explodes or his, the tyre makes his head explode and then the policeman like reaches into his top pocket and pulls out a piece of paper and it's you don't realise what it is and then you suddenly you realise it must be some sort of script because then he reads off it and he's like oh no the kid was right <laughs> or whatever yeah, it, it, the tyre did it <laughs> the kid was right all along but yeah he obviously hadn't planned to get that far into the field well yeah it will be done you know, we'll kill everyone off and then uh, kill the audience off and then uh, we won't have to carry this film on. It's so strange. I know, man, that's the thing. And, like, 
I want to ask so many questions, but I don't feel like I can because I feel like they've neutered my ability to do it with the opening sequence. That's the whole idea, isn't it? Yeah, but but ask away. We can talk about stuff. It gives us something to talk about. So, okay, <laughs> right. Why were they trying to kill the viewers? Just so they could wrap it up. They didn't want to <laughs> make the. It's just just a weird thing, isn't it? It's just and like if it was a film. And the tire was an actor. <laughs> like, did the tire think that the film had finished, which is why it was just <laughs> led there? And then when they picked up the film and had to start filming again, is that when it decided to come back to life and it had to kill the other guy because it was in the script? Could have been. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird because um. Yeah, yeah I don't know. All right, don't ask any questions. <laughs> <laughs> you had different questions than I had in my head. I'll tell you that. What questions did you have in your head? Well, I don't know. I didn't... I... I don't know. I just like this sort of thing for face value. Yeah. The randomness of it. Yeah, and that's you it. Know, and it is like... brilliant. And the, the, the randomness about it is the fact that it makes you not want to ask any questions. It yeah. does. It specifically says, basically, right at the start of the film, like you're not going to enjoy this if you ask questions. If you ask <laughs> questions, you're going to ruin the whole premise. Yeah. This is a homage to no reason. Everything in this film happens for no reason, and they do it so well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there are films where they've really tried, really tried to make a film and put a point to it and a storyline and a plot that sort of ties itself up not unlike Supergirl 1984 <laughs> where it is like they've actually just made a film that is full of no reason and yeah. even then it fails at it that's the trouble if you watch a film and the, the logic doesn't make sense yeah then you can't enjoy it can you I can't no the film has to work within its own logic yeah you yeah know? um and you know I've watched many a film that people sort of like but one thing will happen in that film that sort of go I go well that would, wouldn't happen that's ridiculous uh, an example for me is at Copland I don't know have you ever seen Copland with Sylvester Stallone Harvey Keitel possibly they fake the death of someone I can't really remember the story but and I recognise the actor but I can't think of his name like a gingery actor they fake his death and they've got to get rid of him and it's like some sort of cop conspiracy um, and they sort of hide him in the back of the car and then Sylvester Stallone pulls the car over and he's talking to them and he's like the bloke who's hiding in the back of the car as the car pulls off and Sylvester Stallone is like they've fobbed him off with a lie and as the car pulls away, you see the bloke looking out the back window, <laughs> and you just think, you know. And this is what triggers Sylvester Stallone to go on this yeah, investigation. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I lost the film there because I thought that bloke knows they've just been talking to him. He was in the car; he could hear them talking. Yeah, he wouldn't fucking raise his head. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just didn't make sense, and I couldn't enjoy the whole film because of that. And that's how I feel with films. If there's a logic, you know, it's got to work within its own logic. 
Yeah. And I think this, by setting up that no reason at the beginning, yeah. it just is... Yeah, that's it, it. It works in its own. And those questions that I asked, like I said, <laughs> I didn't want to ask them. <laughs> They're still there, but I don't want to ask them. Like you say, it's enjoying it for face value. Yeah. You know? You've got to... I mean... Somebody somewhere has come up with a decision that they want to make a film that's about no reason. And when you get given that, it's just like mind blown, blank canvas. Just do whatever you want. And this is what they decided to go How do you think this film came about then? Do you think it started with, I want to make a film with no reason, or I want to make a film about a tyre that kills everyone? (laughs) A killer tyre film. And they'd be like, why would a tyre kill anyone? That's when I think he's gone. No reason. <laughs> I, I always I like to know. think. I think the tyre came first. What came first, the tyre or the no, or <laughs> no reason? <laughs> <laughs> now that is a question that is going to baffle people for years. <laughs> but I, th- I think um, I like the idea. I mean, literally, and I'm just saying this as it's coming to me right now. But I like the idea of someone having a pool of ideas you know and trying to match them up yeah and saying oh well you know I mean this was a stupid one that I wrote down but you know what about a killer tyre oh my god that's going to pair up perfectly with the no reason subplot yeah you know what I mean maybe but oh I mean, if this is... Is this the one and only film that this guy's made? I think he's made more. I've got a feeling he's made more. Shall I have a look? Yeah, let's have a look. Let's see what he's done. Oh, hang on. Quentin Dupuis. So, Quentin Dupuis. Dupier. Or, for fucking whatever. I don't speak French. Quentin Dupier. If you look him up on our IMDb, he looks just like John Wilkinson. It'll Wilkinson's. be Dupo, will it? Ah, he's done a film called Non-Film. First, 2002, a young actor suddenly wakes up in the middle of the shooting of a movie he doesn't understand. After shooting a few scenes, the main character accidentally shoots and kills the technical crew. Despite this accident, the survivors decide to continue to shoot the movie without a script and without a camera. But the lack of script will quickly lead them to a disaster. It sounds like there's a bit of a theme in his his style of film. Random. His second film, 2007. So Rubber was 2010. 2007 is a film called Steak. George is the scapegoat of his classmates. One day he cracks and shoots them. His best and only friend, Blaze, is accused in his place and sentenced to seven years in a psychiatric hospital. Now that sounds more like a plot. (laughs) At the day of his release, Blaze realises he has only one family, his best friend, George, but he does not want to hear about his childish friend as he tries to integrate with the Chivers, a gang whose members wear red jackets and boots, drink milk, drive sport trucks and play an incomprehensible and violent game that mixes cricket and mental arithmetic. (laughs) (laughs) I want to watch that. I want to watch all his films now. (laughs) So, yeah, he's done some films and he's done some more. Um, He's done a film called Wrong... Wrong Cops, Chapter One is a short film. Yeah, so he's done quite a lot of films, going right up to 2020 with Mandibles. So yeah, I think we need to 
sort of look further into his work. Yeah, definitely. Um, any trivia worth mentioning here? Oh, there's only three pieces of trivia on IMDb. Made mostly with practical special effects, very little CGI was used. You could tell that as well, couldn't you? Yeah. I think the only CGI was when the rubber, the tyre vibrates and it looked like it was like a shimmery effect was sort of a CGI effect, I thought. Yeah, because all of the exploding heads were real. Yeah, definitely. Not not real people's heads. No. But like not They really CGI. exploded. One of the spectators is played by Daniel Quinn, who starred in Scanner Cop, 1994, as a man who could make people's heads explode with his mind, just as the tyre does in this film. Daniel Quinn, who's that then? That was a young kid, wasn't it? Oh, that's the dad. And the last one, the director, writer, cinematographer, editor and composer, Quentin Dubuque, is also known as Mr. Basil. I've already told you that, haven't I, Nath? Didn't you tell me that? You didn't did I, tell me that. Didn't I, boy? You didn't told I, me that. I told you all about that. Um, we haven't talked about the love interest. Because <laughs> <laughs> out of all the people that he meets, is uh, one woman in particular he sort of follows, doesn't he? He tries stopping her car at the beginning in the Gulf. She's yeah. like a dark-haired girl driving around in a red Gulf convertible. And he the tyre sort of doesn't attempt to kill her does it no it clearly likes her for some reason oh I can't imagine why leggy brunette cute and uh, he he... if I was a tyre that's that would definitely be my type yeah (laughs) well that's what the the audience say when they're watching it isn't it the spectators Robert sort of pushes into the door and he's just watching her in her motel room and she undresses and gets into the shower and then like the spectators are like whoa whoa yeah, yeah. it's like oh I wonder if he's going to get laid <laughs> and the thing is right is then the moment they said that that sowed a seed in my mind <laughs> that there was going to be some really weird love scene between a tyre and a woman <laughs> so you're disappointed he was disappointed. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit disappointed, but then I've had a few rums, you know. <laughs> One of the uh, spectators even says, doesn't he, at that point, uh, I actually relate to this tyre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I identify with this tyre. <laughs> so, yeah, they use this girl later on as bait, don't they, to try and yeah, coax the tyre out. There's no explanation of how they discovered that the tyre likes the girl. No. No, just but no then, reason. No reason. Because it, it, it skips on, doesn't it? At what point did it skip on? It, the tyre runs away from the oh, scene of the dead And then it comes across mate. the burning of the tyres, doesn't it? Yeah, they're that's all, it. They're all burning tyres in the desert and it's like watching them. And then it cuts and it's just three days later. And yeah. then it goes through a little town in the desert and there's just... Bodies everywhere. Headless bodies <laughs> Headless everywhere. Bodies. And uh, you see the police sort of looking through these houses and then they see the tyre hold up in this house watching racing. Watching motorsport, yeah. <laughs> watching motorsport on the telly. And they phone back to their chief. And at this point they're like, the chief and that are looking 
leaning on the car or contemplating, like looking at the bonnet, and you think, oh, they must be studying maps or something. <laughs> when you think about the way they're looking, you're like, oh, yeah, the police are clearly planning their next move, right? And then you go down, and it's like, they are, but it's the next move in the game of chess, which is like, oh, right, I get it. And even then, like, the next move is the wrong move or something that you can't do yeah. or whatever. <laughs> like, but then like the next move is like a stupid move that makes no sense <laughs> as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the thing that when, once they go out to confront Robert, they make a dummy of this, the, the, the girl in question and with loads of explosives and it's got a microphone on it. And then they're in a van further off, like, she's talking through the microphone and they're getting her to say quite weird <laughs> sexual things to the, I've been a bad girl you need to I've been an naughty girl I deserve a good thrashing <laughs> you, you rubber shit you're nothing but a rubber shit um, and then she's like I can't, I can't read this, and then the cop starts reading it, and then yeah, but he's not even attempted to put a voice on. He's just using just his normal, like this is my everyday voice. It's, I think the tire's losing. I think he suspects something. We were better off with the girl. So then the girl gets back on, and then all of a sudden, like you hear this thumping, and you don't know what's happening. You think, oh right, okay, is is the tire exploded or whatever? And then it's just the spectator in a wheelchair. Oh, that's the just guy in the wheelchair again. Yeah. Who they, they've they also tried to kill him off because he was the only one who didn't eat. <laughs> so then the little guy with the suit and the spectacles and the bike, he turns up in the middle of the desert pushing this like trolley like you get in hotels with like, loads of food on and he's running through all these different meals. Oh, eat this and have this and try this. And the bloke's like, not hungry. No. <laughs> Yeah, it's like he's literally, like, a few hours earlier or whatever, or a few days earlier, witnessed all of the other spectators get fed and then die of food poisoning. <laughs> and their bodies are just scattered around him, aren't they, Yeah, still? they're all there, still. And, uh, flies. and then they go to, and they try to kill him with the same sort of process. And it's just like, well, you know, you can see it in his face. It's just like, he's being polite about it, but ultimately he's like, what the fuck am I going to eat that? Like, it's blatantly going to be poison. <laughs> but then it cuts back to the action, whatever the action was at that point. But then when it cuts back, the guy with the spectacles is there just eating everything, talking. That's right. There was a <laughs> there was a chase scene, wasn't there, where they've they've left the moto and they're chasing the tire, and uh, the guy in the wheelchair's like, "Oh, it's it's quite a good scene. It's quite quite um, it's quite a good action sequence." And then he passes the binoculars to make a boy in the suit, doesn't he? And, and and all of a sudden, the moment he's watched some of the sequence, like it cuts back to the sequence where the tire explodes one of the cops' head. Yeah. And then when it cuts back to him, he's just completely gorged himself on all of the food. <laughs> on the platter and, and it's he's just, just like, talking away like, yeah yeah telling some weird story about killing his brother, brother. <laughs> paving his head in with a stone or something because he broke his leg or something yeah he, he slipped in some ice and got trapped in a crevice and then he was screaming for help and he was like yeah rather than getting help I just picked up a stone and smashed his face in <laughs> that's when he stopped screaming <laughs> weird. and then he gets Obviously, he's eating all this food, and then he becomes poisoned, and he's just thriving around, and it's like a, a wide-angle shot for ages, and then the bloke in the wheelchair is just watching the film, ignoring this chap, 
painfully slowly dying next to it. But it was a convincing act as well, wasn't it? It wasn't bad acting. That was good acting. Fucking strange. It's up there with some of the weirdest films I've ever seen. And I like a weird film. I do enjoy it. You do like a weird film. Literally 20 minutes into this and I was just like, yeah, this is a Trev film. (laughs) This is a Trev kind of film. I'll tell you what, everyone out there listening, why don't you let us know, either on the Facebook page or by email, facebook.com, we need to talk about movies podcast or wnmovietalk at gmail.com. What are your weirdest films? Do you enjoy a weird film? And if so, what are the weirdest films you've ever watched? Maybe I've not heard of them and I'd like to watch them. <laughs> but I remember when um, Human Centipede came out. Have you ever seen this? <laughs> I will not watch any of the Human Centipede films. I refuse, point blank, never going to watch them. Well, you might have to. <laughs> I might make you have to brave it, me for this. I remember watching the first one and not wanting to watch it, but actually I really enjoyed The Human Centipede. It's odd and it's horrible, but there's just some moments that just, you think, this is a comedy. <laughs> is this a comedy? And it's like the beginning and it shows you a photo, like the, the mad scientist, he's looking at a picture of his... Is he looking at a photo of his dog or has he buried his dog? And it's like, my beloved free dog. <laughs> and it's like three dogs sewn together in a centipede. It's fucking weird. I, I think I might have to let you review that one on your own. <laughs> I don't think I can stomach it. Just uh, the thought of the might have, dog. We might have to do a video of um, Nath watching this. <laughs> we'll film it as we watch it. It's just, just this film is just full of odd bits, isn't it? Like the little bloke in the glasses in the motel, like in the suit, when he's in the motel room looking in the mirror with the shoes and yeah, he's doing like <laughs> foot puppetry with shoes with his hands in the mirror. It's really odd, but there's some great bits as well, like the when the tire sleeps and it's the first night and everyone else sleeps, doesn't it? And when they all wake up, the bloke comes along and. First of all, he's nicking money out of their pockets, isn't he? Like, robbing yeah, them. Yeah. Then he wakes them all up. Like, come on, it's starting, it's starting. And then you see the tyre, but it's breathing, isn't it? As it's sleeping, it's like... Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. really little little bits like that are effective. The thing is, and again, like, you don't want to ask too many questions of this film, but honestly, it's like, in my head, it's like a never-ending loop it's it's like the infinity symbol in my head right because a question comes to mind and then I'm like no you can't ask that question because then it ruins the whole premise of the film because it's no reason and then you're like yeah but like if it's no reason like was there a point to putting so much effort into this bit and then it's like no but you can't ask that question because otherwise then it's no reason and then just constantly going round and round and round but they, they've put so much effort into so many details and little parts of this film just for you to sit there and go why have they done that oh yeah no reason <laughs> blows my mind mate uh, and it's it's funny that this the plot of the tyre is like it's almost the subplot isn't it yeah because you're focusing on the spectators quite a lot and their story and the one spectator and it's you're constant. you know you're always aware you're watching it and it's quite weird 
like that. It's just it's just art, isn't it? It's strange sort of art that you're you've got to you don't view it like a film. You're not getting immersed into it, are you? No. You're just taking it in and analysing it to an extent but without like you say asking questions but um, it's 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 abstract it is abstract yeah um, but yeah it is just fucking bizarre but it looks good there's some really nice shots in it throughout in there yeah and the music as well because I was, yeah. say, I was saying to you when I that because um, if you're if you're watching a scene in a film where you've got two actors where there's not a lot of dialogue the visual emotion on the face of the characters will give you an inkling to what you're supposed to feel and then it will be subtly uh, accented by some music maybe you know but the music is almost more important in this film because there are so many scenes like when the is it when the tire kills the rabbit it's oh, almost yeah. exciting and, and elated isn't it and the music's so happy and upbeat and it's almost like weaving from side to side across you remember weaving <laughs> yeah, across the road on a push bike when you were a yeah, kid like, yeah. you know what I mean it's almost doing that it was sort of, it's like a real happy sort of 70s funk song isn't it yeah I just don't want to be lonely is the words that she's singing isn't it that's when he sees the car as right. well isn't it falls yes. in love with a girl and it's yes, like it is, yeah. he's on a high and he sees her and it's that's where the music's supposed to be coming from then isn't it she's listening to it in the car yeah and then there's that scene where um, the tire comes, the car that she he sees the car, and then he stops the car, and he's there like shaking and vibrating, yeah, contemplating what to do next. And then another car, another truck comes up and just runs the tire over and knocks it off the road. The, the girl's car then starts, and she drives off. And when the tire comes back up, there's a bird, isn't there? A crow, yeah. And I love the way the tire sort of raises, and then the bird is completely framed in a circle it's almost like the James Bond spot yes. isn't it you know yeah, at the beginning yeah. of that and the the bird is in the target and then of course he blows the bird up but I also love the scene where the chap who hit the tyre he's at the garage and the girl drives past sticks her finger up but then he's trying to use the phone and the phone don't work and he gets back in the car and as he shuts the door then you see the tyre just, just yeah. at the edge of the shot just sat on the floor out of focus and uh, just watching him and then he becomes the first sort of human victim doesn't he but it's just a nice little shot everything's yeah everything's framed really interestingly in this some great great cinematography a lot of um, frames within a frame yes yeah there is and um, like the scene as well where it's it's looking in the mirror that's a, quite a nice shot yeah yeah and it's it's weird there's a weird sort of a lot of flashbacks isn't there yeah he's self reflective at that point isn't he yeah like has he got conscience is he remembering well, or feeling bad is, for this, what he's doing <laughs> yeah and this is the part right you know because the kid confronts him at that point and says you know you know you're in trouble with the police can you talk answer me blah 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 and the tyre sort of runs off yeah but any hint of conscience that it had is immediately eradicated when it stumbles across the fire all the tyres being burned yeah yeah and then <laughs> next thing you know you flash 
forward to the end of a three day rampage where it's basically killed any person it can find in the town <laughs> over the next three days um, but the little boy as well he's like his dad owns the, the diner and he's, he's like I've just seen a tire go into room 16 there's a live tire and his dad's like shut up go and get a pizza like you know do something with your life instead of making all this shit up and then the boy goes to get into town to get a pizza and as he's coming back he sees the dead bird that's been blown up and he opens up the pizza box and starts putting chunks of dead bird on his dad's right, pizza in front of that weird hippie looking yeah. guy who doesn't come up again does he no <laughs> you see that I thought oh he's got to come back into this he looked relevant didn't he yeah you just know? hitchhiking there's a hitchhiker walking down the road trying to hitchhike a lift on a boy's BMX <laughs> Just no reason. I think <laughs> if he'd have turned to the lad and asked him for a backy, that he might have, in this modern world, that might have been misunderstood. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the boys put chunks of meat on there, and he's like, "There's your double topping, you dickhead." <laughs> <laughs> Quote of the film. Uh, another good bit was where they, um, the policeman realizes the film's got to carry on, so all the police called into the yard they all stood around him and he, he's taking the tyre off of the car isn't he and he's all sweaty and he's, not, he's not just taking the tyre he's taking the wheel, wheel off. off of the car with a jack and then he's used tyre levers to remove the tyre from the wheel and then he just stands it there and he's like this is what the suspect looks like I don't know if anyone I used to fit tyres for a living right and well, it's easy when you use the machines in the shop but he's done this just with tyre levers at the side of a road which is an, a huge monumental effort so then he just displays this tyre if any of you have got any questions now's the time and they're like what brand of tyre is it oh, I think it's uh, probably unbranded is it black <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck I like at the end as well that the one spectator sort of comes in and interferes with the plot, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, this doesn't make sense. What you're doing is, is wrong with the girl. And at that point, he has involved himself in the plot. Yeah. Of the film, not the, just as a spectator. He's talking to the cast. The moment he had to ask a question and couldn't <laughs> let it be. Yeah, is the moment they knock him off. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And, but then they get the policeman just walks in with a shotgun shoots the tyre because his plan to blow the tyre up hasn't worked and he comes out he just slings this like destroyed tyre at the man there you go film's over go home (laughs) and the bloke's like the film's not over because the door opens and a tricycle comes out it's reincarnated (laughs) as a tricycle (laughs) (laughs) but then as the end of the film it sort of to some really cool Mr. Wazzo music and the end sequence is really a really at uh, the, the end credits just a really cool tune but the, the the trike is sort of riding along and as it's riding all these tyres are raising up and then the last shot before the credit sequence all the tyres sort of roll up and they're just sort of looking down on Hollywood and it's like the tyres are going to take on Hollywood <laughs> you know this is this film is taking on Hollywood really isn't it yeah you know it's just it's a weird sort of a meta look at what makes a good film and I reckon you can look a lot more deeper than we have into this film and why you know what 
what is he trying to say and is he dissecting like the genre pick and <laughs> I right I'll be honest with you I love this love the film right and the more we sit here and talk about it the more I enjoyed the film but it, it proper messes with my head this <laughs> that's great I love a film that plays with your head though a great film to me is one that does something to you I mean you can watch a good film and it's just a good story and you're swept up in it good performances you know but I love a film where it really like plays with your head and this one is one of those where it has you sort of questioning why you're enjoying it and I can understand why a lot of people wouldn't enjoy it and I love a film where I can watch a film and take something away from it but watch other people watch it and be like fucking load of shit that didn't make sense it doesn't need to make sense. It, you've got to interpret things, or yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. to bring a certain amount of thought or perspective to the experience. You know, I have to admit that this film probably pushes some boundaries <laughs> in that respect. But I think um, I sort of enjoy the chaos it's playing with my head. Yeah, and it's yeah. a it's a sort of a novelty film isn't it it's not the sort of film well I say it's not the sort of film you could watch again and again but I have watched it probably four or five times but I've always watched it with people always watched it with someone else and I think that's part of the enjoyment is <laughs> sharing it you yeah, know yeah, and yeah, watching yeah. it like with you tonight you've never seen it and I just sort of keep looking over as <laughs> how's he taking this What's, you know because we didn't talk through the film didn't we no we, no discussion until we're recording so but it's clearly hit some sort of a chord because I am really interested to see some of his other work. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, that was uh, that was rubber then, Nathan. Wasn't it? Wasn't it rubber? And that was quite an interesting way to do it. The first time we've ever done it in per- person. Because well, obviously, the first time we've ever done it on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nathan. Triv. I think we've chatted enough tonight, don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone, thanks ever so much for listening and joining us for another episode of We Need to Talk About Movies podcast. The next film we discuss will be another one of Nathan's, and then it is up to you guys. So this Nobody is your last chance to get your films suggested over onto the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash We Need to Talk About Movies podcast. There's a pinned post at the top of the page, which is a picture of. Donald Sutherland from Invasion of the Body Snatchers under that post put your suggestions and Nathan and myself will pick one and discuss it soon (laughs) we'll see you all again soon cheers cheers